Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of four, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 52. We'll be talking um, intense careers in general. This, the bulk of this episode is going to cover the logistics of couples where both parties travel. Um, lots of myths out there about whether that is doable or not. Uh, we, we tend to think it is doable over here on Best of Both Worlds because we celebrate what is the best of both worlds. And sometimes that involves careers that involve leaving your hometown. Uh, but we, we, you know, travel can be a, an intense part of a job. Um, physicians also have intense parts of their job. Sarah just got off a rather rough call week. Um, I'm looking at her notes. Yes. Uh, so describe, describe your relationship with call, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I, I don't love to be on call. <laughs> I'm not sure that any physician loves to be on call, but I think it is something, you know, there's a little shame um, associated with maybe admitting that being there for your patients 24-7, um, as much as I'm 
glad we can provide that service. It's totally exhausting. And it really depends on the specialty that you're in. I happen to be in one where most places call is taken in fairly long chunks to allow for continuity for the inpatients in my specialty during those times. So in fact, where I trained, um, we took it a week at a time and we would do that as a fellow and the attendings took it too. Now there, the attendings often had a fellow working under them. So that must have been nice. However, I've never experienced that from the other direction because I, I love my job, but I did take a job somewhere that there is no fellowship program. So we do have residents now, which is very exciting, but they're not able, they're not trained in our specialty. And while they're wonderful to work with, they really can't take any calls. Yeah, and so, they just started too, right? Like, yes. Know, and they just started. In, so yes, I, mean, I probably would not want that person treating me. Answering the phone. Exactly. So when we're on call, um, it entails, we still see some outpatients because we're not quite busy enough inpatient to justify a full day clear. However, the day is basically like one interruption followed by another. Like I'll be seeing a patient and I get a call from the ER and then I'm in the ER and I get a call from the third floor and I'm on the third floor and there's another patient calling. And then I go home and um, not only do I have to field calls from the hospital on the inpatients that we're dealing with and any consults, if issues come up, like I might get called with a low blood sugar and you know the general team doesn't know what we'd want to do. So what should we do? But I'll also be on call for all the parents in our practice. So as a pediatric endocrinologist, that that entails a lot. Most of the calls we get are from diabetes patients um, because diabetes is really hard. And my heart really does go out to those parents. And every time I'm complaining about, you know, answering the phone, I try to stop myself and think, oh my God, like this mom's been up all night dealing with these blood sugars. But it's still hard. <laughs> Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it, you know, and if, you know, I do have my own nighttime challenges still right now. So it isn't like, oh, I have this sanctuary where I can dedicate myself to work. Like I'm still feeding Genevieve at night and then I might feed her and then an hour later get another call and then she might wake up two hours after that and then I might get another call and there's just this like loss of control. So it's hard. I would say that shift type work has gained in popularity over the years. Um, but it really depends on the specialty, how well that can work. And really, the specialty I chose, I love and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but this is one part of my job that if I could someday minimize it, I would. And that is something that I'd love to, you know, it's one of the reasons I like having my hand in other fields yeah. to, to keep my options open for but would you years. prefer to have like a call schedule where you were, um, I mean, if you think about like an OB practice where you were then on, you know, Ugh. overnight Tuesday night, no. but then not um, on <laughs> No, Thursday. I wouldn't. I hate overnight in-house okay. stuff. Like I hate it. Like it was so miserable. Um, so no, I'd rather answer phone calls from my my bedroom for a week straight than have to go in at two in the morning. Like I'm pretty sure that that's true. But I would also rather find a situation where I could take a little bit less of it than I do right now. Yeah. So interesting. There's that. Well, I mean, the overnight part is is obviously rough. I I think there there's some aspects of being on call though that I think um, some other fields should think about borrowing. I mean, because this is one of um, I've seen this suggested in sort of client-facing industries. One of the issues is like people in law, accounting, consulting often pride themselves on responding whenever the client, you know, reaches out to them. And some clients yes. are like, I'm no, paying you're your totally team, right. you know, 
$150,000 a week, like I should be able to call you at 11 o'clock and have you pick up the phone. A hundred and consultants. Yes. And, and it's true. The flip side of being on call is not being, it's on call. not being on call. And, and so that's the, you know, you know that somebody else is taking that 11 o'clock call from a parent on another week and it's not you. Whereas in like the, the law accounting consulting, they're like, well, if the client calls me, I should deal with it. And so it could be, you know, whenever they need it. And so I, I like the idea of having a call thing, like, you know, yes, this is a very needy client. We're going to take the calls in teams. So we're going to train the clients that, you know, it, it's harder to do that because the client wants to call who they want to call. But we say like, oh, you know, Gene is really focused on your project this week. Um, John had to do one other thing. So you probably should reach Gene if you want someone immediately, um, you know, and, and take the, the work in shifts like that. But of course, the issue with that is that having the close relationship with the client is often a real currency um, in, in these industries. And so you want to be the guy that the client is calling. Um, so there, there's some issues with that of, of making it more of a call schedule. But I think it could have some upsides if they did it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I have, I've had many friends who are in law or consulting jobs who complain about that, that they, they can put their phone down, but like there's going to be repercussions if they do that. Whereas I do know that if I'm off, like, yeah, I might have a, nothing urgent is going to get left behind. And that is a very calming kind of a feeling. Yeah. So I can imagine that might be really, really tough. And if you're on a family vacation, even, and you don't have someone that truly can cover for you, kind of living with that uncertainty of will 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 this guy be calling me to demand something like, you know, while we're hiking? And I don't know, is that going to affect when you guys take your trip to national parks? And like, do you think your husband could get called by? Um, I mean, someone? certainly he, he can. Um, but I, I mean, you know, the there's enough other people around. He tends to get called when there's a problem. So, you know, there's enough layers, there's enough the structures there that he can take he some can, vacation. Well, that's good. But, you know, then if there is a big problem, you know, it, it's almost like helpful for the client to be like, ooh, look, well, we got him in, even though he's away. And there's, there's some issues there. With <sighs> that. That's really <laughs> tough. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's I partly I'm, in Yellowstone, there's like not a whole lot of cell reception I've, I've learned. Um, I'm, I'm a little wondering what I'm going to do about that. I mean, more it's, it's not that there's like clients who urgently need something. It's more there's opportunities come in. And, you know, if I get like a media, you know, request that I'd really like to do, I hate to like wait five days to respond. Like if Beyonce know. calls if us Beyonce back. wants to be on the podcast, like <laughs> that email, for instance. Um, so. And I don't know. Well, she hopefully will she she'll see Sarah. If she did, then she'll Sarah, see yeah. me. She'll totally see me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've you've done things to make call better too, in the sense of I yes, mean, partly yes. your issue is that you're so um, because you are still dealing with your kids in a way that say you know somebody who is in um, the hospital doing surgery on call like just couldn't be. Um, Correct. And, and so you were feeling Correct. more pulled in multiple directions as part of. Yeah, it definitely helped. Um, my husband often has work to do on the weekends too. And the last thing I want is to be pressured for him to go to the hospital while I'm on call. Like, you know, if I finish rounding and I'm home, but I can still get phone calls and he's like, well, I have to do charts. I don't want to be left with three kids and my phone, which like may, may blow up and may not. Like that is so incredibly stressful. So we just hired our nanny for the past couple of calls and she comes from 10 to five and that's enough to basically allow me to focus when I need to. And then the rest of the time I pretty much tell my husband, Hey, he is the primary parent. Um, he might do bedtime if I'm, you know, on a phone call or putting in orders or something. And, um, so that's a huge 
that that definitely helps. And then this past call week, which was, I think, especially rough because it's going to pay off. Like I arranged things so that I don't have any call actually in August at all. So because we're taking vacation. So that's wonderful. But the downside is that I took call like three weeks apart, which meant that if I look back over the past 28 days before today, I was on call for 14 of them 24-7. So that's like a lot. So I found myself really kind of stressed out and my husband kept noticing, why do you like always randomly grab your phone and look at Instagram when you're like, in like, and it's true. So I, I cut myself off a couple of days ago. Huh. <laughs> Maybe I was inspired by Manoush yeah, too. I don't know. That's her, her episode. Right. Well, so there you go. There you go. Call. <laughs> but I am excited. So to introduce you, the main segment here, um, for me, the travel portion of my job is like the fun part because I go to conferences and that's not even that frequent and it's like, oh, networking and fun. But for you, it is a lot of the bread and butter of your job. So I want you to talk about that. And then how about that I kind of read off the title of each myth and you can give your side to kind of counter, counter yeah. that. Yeah. So we wanted to do an episode on the logistics of couples where both parties travel for work. Um, because one of the things we see all the time in, in one, what tends to, you know, un- undermine kind of women's career advancement as you go up the ladder in different corporate jobs, for instance, often there's travel involved in it um, or in different service industries, there's travel involved in your job. And if both parties travel, somebody, the, the assumption is somebody has to stop. Right. And if somebody has to stop, more often than not, it winds up being mom. And then that's why his career takes off and hers does not. And in fact, will flatline or decline. Um, and, and that can be a source of you know stress, but people feel like I didn't have any other option. Like it, it can't work. People can't both travel in a couple. And as a part of a family where, you know, both of us um, travel actually quite a bit, I don't think that's true. Do you want to give them specifics on like if you estimated the past year, um, how much are each of you away? Well, I have traveled almost every week. Um, It's generally one or two nights, which tends to mean two or three days, right? So um, because you might like fly out Wednesday morning, fly home Thursday evening, um, or maybe like fly out Wednesday morning, come home Friday afternoon, right? That would be a two, two night sort of thing. I would say, yeah, it's been, you know somewhere between two thirds to three fourths of weeks I have been traveling um, this spring, which is great. Like in the sense of my business is growing. Um, the demand for my speaking services has never been higher. It is wonderful. Um, I love That's going fantastic. And, and you're doing a lot of corporate. A lot of corporate work. Also right. a lot of um, conferences too, that um, oh, you know, that's so cool. a production company is doing a big conference and, you know, they're looking for uh, a speaker on, on productivity, time management, you know, you wind up getting a certain number of, of these gigs too. And those are a lot of fun. Um, the corporate ones are fine. And I feel like it's a good service and you're helping people feel like they can make life and, you know, work, but uh, they have to be there. <laughs> and they're generally not, you know, they, they don't have a bar. They don't have a, you know, it, like, whereas some of these conferences, it's like, you know, everyone wanted to be there. Um, everyone who's in your session wanted to be in your session. Um, often, you know, people have been having fun, they're, they're networking, they're, you know, there with their buds. It's just a different vibe, um, especially women's conferences. You know, I think my, my material, obviously everyone is working on trying to make the pieces of work and life fit together and do better things with their time. But, uh, for whatever reason, I think feel all female or it's like 75% plus female audiences tend to have a very different vibe with my material, um, than when I'm like speaking to a room of sales guys. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, they're like, wait, what do you mean? I can, I mean, of course I can golf on the weekend. Why was that ever a question? <laughs> so, oh, wow. Uh, well, the mixed, it might be beneficial though for those mixed audiences because you're probably, those are probably actually really useful for the society at large yeah, yeah. <laughs> because then they, the men may start to hear, oh, like these are things that I don't think about. Kind of like Tiffany Jufu, you know, when they wrote all the chores yeah. that they did, you don't think about the things that you don't do. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So that's awesome. Okay. So lots of conferences, lots of corporate travel once a week. I didn't realize it was that much. And then your husband, how he about probably, I mean, he also would travel. Um, I mean, pretty much it's been every week. So if I'm somewhere between two thirds and three quarters a week, he's I would say 90% of He's often going internationally. He's going internationally and they're often slightly longer trips. So it's generally from him, it's not one night, it would be two or three. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Uh, now, the good news for that is he doesn't um, have the same sort of... Because he's been doing it so long, I, I think he doesn't have the same stories he's telling himself about you know, international travel that a lot of other people would like to him, you know, coming back from two days in like London and plunging right back into normal life is just what you do. No big, it's deal. No big deal. It's just, it's, it's what, you, what do. you do. And so That's awesome. I've had people write me like, oh, well, you know, it'd be chaotic for us because once somebody comes back from international travel, they're useless for two days. And I'm like, okay, that does you can't do that. You're like, that won't that fly. Will not fly. <laughs> um, so, oh, well, that, that segues us beautifully into myth number right. one, doesn't so it? So I love this because I, I was like, well, you know, we'll talk <laughs> about the logistics of this. And Sarah's like, ooh, let's organize it into the myths. So she has this great like five myths of, you know, two travel job couples. So we're going to. Yes. So myth number one. Yes, this is, this is, this is a clickbait format for you all. We'll have to, you'll have to let us know what you think. Um, (laughs) Myth number one is it's too complicated and crazy. So is it? I mean, we're here. Life is good. I mean, our kids are thriving. Our careers are both going great. Um, so, I mean, I think it's fine, Like, don't tell yourself the story that it's going to be crazy. Um, if you travel for your job, that does not mean you need a spouse who stays home with your kids. It doesn't even mean that you need a spouse who doesn't travel. It is logistically complex. I will give you that. I would say it's actually, I like to use this circus metaphor and I, people say, oh, life is a circus to sound crazy. If you think about it, there is nothing chaotic about a circus. It is absolutely well choreographed. It is everything happens exactly when it's supposed to happen. There are um, contingency plans in place for anything that might go wrong. It is well rehearsed. People know their jobs. They know exactly where they're supposed to be. Like nobody gets shot out of a cannon at the wrong time, right? Like this is the reality. It's meticulously organized and planned. And it works. Um, Not just that everything goes perfectly, but you've also thought through what can go wrong and made plans for that. Uh, I think that is the key thing that that people find problematic. But, you know, so many moving parts, not chaotic. Um, It is definitely doable if you want to make it doable. Now, if you don't want to, then, of course, you can tell yourself a story that it's chaotic. And you can certainly find moments where, like, oh, no, like, you know, we had one where I was was in Tacoma. My husband was in Geneva. And we get the call from the school that, uh, by the way, there's a snowstorm coming in. You know, somebody needs to come pick up your kids. Oh yeah, that was kind of a crazy story, <laughs> but but it worked, but it worked out. out, and everyone's fine. So, but if you can if you can get your heads around that and have a plan for that, then you'll be fine. Like because that's pretty much the extent of what will happen is that one of you will be you know stuck somewhere or both of you. And we'll, and, and we'll talk about more logistics stuff with myth yeah. three. Oh, but sorry. Let's, let's I, just I, go to I, myth I'm two. Around around on our, on our <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good. Okay, so myth two: you will never see your kids, and and we'll add to that. Therefore, the kids will. 
you know, suffer in some way and not get yeah, into I just wonder about choice and because, have a happy life. I mean, first, first, it's not true. But also, I don't think anyone would ever say that to like, if you're, if you know, have a family where your mother or father is deployed, right? Like, do people sit there and, you know, tell that soldier, like, God, you're ruining your kids, like how horrible, terrible, you're awful. Like, people don't say that, like they, you know, and not that travel jobs or anything like, you know, serving your country. But the fact is, you're still not there. Um, and yet kids, deal with it. Like they understand there's a reason for it. And, you know, there may be downsides to it too, but, um, you know, people understand that and, and the kids thrive. I mean, you know, I've met a lot of military families and the kids are great. So I, you know, I, at first, yes. Okay. Like your kids will be fine even if you are not there. However, you probably are there more than you think you are. You know, I was saying I travel office, you know, one or two nights a week, which just means you're gone two or three days. There are seven days in a week. So if you're gone two, you're home five. Uh, if you're gone three, you're home four. Um, you know, it, the people I have seen who have traveled sort of the most intensely, if you think about maybe like consultants, for instance, in the early um, days of their jobs, um, you're often at the client Monday through Thursday. That would be a sort of typical thing. You leave early Monday morning, you come back Thursday night. That means you're gone three nights a week. Um, if you're doing that 40 weeks a year, which is not atypical because there's weeks you're not traveling for various reasons, you're not staffed on something, there's uh, you know a shorter week, you're um, at something else, like you're in a local project. If you do that 40 weeks a year, that is 120 nights. 120 nights is one third of 365, right? So often people are like, oh, I'm at the client Monday through Thursday. I'm always traveling. Well, you're not. It is one third of your nights, right? Monday through end of day Thursday is about half the week. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's something to keep in mind. Even like some of the, you know, I've, I've talked to people who are like, again, top salespeople for something they're on the road all the time in their territory, but it's not all the time. Like they count the number of hotel stays they've had and cause they have, you know, great status in their hotels and it will be in the 120 night range, which is a third of the year. So it may be less than you think it is. Um, and many, sometimes those jobs also come with a little bit, I don't know if this is always true, but a little bit more relaxation on the Friday too, because your week was really Monday through Thursday. And maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a flip side where you can Yeah. Start. And I've seen this in some of the, um, I mean, I did a project for a consulting firm. I gave a speech for them and I got to see some time logs and yeah, it was pretty much, they were Monday through Thursday at the client, but then Friday it was understood. You could like work from home. And, you know, in some cases the working was, uh, we could, we could put quote marks <laughs> around, you know, there was, there was a lot of not working time too. Right. Which is fine because. You, yeah. And if you've already you've put, already in, put exactly, in your whole week, five intense hours, then, then, then great. great. You're Done. Like turn in your expenses, think about what the upcoming week is, but enjoy your time off. Um, and you know, I, from, from my perspective, obviously it'd be better if you could officially take the time off. And so people would know to relax. And so you don't have that thing of some people not knowing that you can. Um, but a lot of people do in that situation. And, you know, with, with our travel. So if I'm, you know, if my husband was gone, say two nights and I was gone one, you know, often we'd wind up, you know, that means I'm here six nights of the week, then there's one more night that my husband isn't there. Or even if it's a bigger week where, you know, I'm gone two, my husband has gone three, often those are overlapping. Um, so that means parents are home four to five nights of the week. Uh, you wind up still, if you're gone, you, you may be home more than you think you do. So, you know, if you're pondering whether it's crazy or chaotic or doable, you know, try tracking your time, try seeing exactly how much it is you are gone. Okay, so myth number three is a, I think, very, very important one. You should only get as much childcare as you absolutely need 
and you're never going to find caregivers who want to work overnight. Okay. It's a double myth. Double myth. <laughs> well, we had to have an odd number because, you know, the one thing we know about our, our myth lists is that you need an odd number for blogging. Uh, no, it, I think this is, this is the key, right? Though if, if you have extended family who lives near you, that is awesome. That is one thing that, you know, people understand might make it more doable because, you know, if you are both delayed and your flights, maybe, you know, grandma or your aunt or your cousin or whatever can come over and stay, like can do the daycare pickup and then go, you know, stay overnight if that was necessary. But you probably don't want to be relying on like daycare with set pickup times if both of you are going to have some unpredictability with the schedule and with, with travel. And um, so, you know, having a person uh, is often more doable than, than, you know, a, a daycare where you can only have eight to six and you're trusting that one of you will have gotten back from the airport before that. Um, with so much that can go wrong with that. Um, so yeah, we, you know, what we have is, um, our, our nanny is definitely able to stay overnight. And we, when we had the discussion of hiring, that was, that was part of it. One of the things we did is that, you know, the original job posting, because we had another person already for Fridays um, as a part-time job, the way it had wound up being split, is that, you know, the job was going to be eight to eight, Monday through Thursday. So that's 48 hours. So that's actually well within the normal sort of nanny range of 45, 50 hours a week. And, um, but the thing of having it eight to eight is that when, you know, somebody who's working until 8 p.m., I mean, first we got the evening coverage, which was awesome, you know, with all our activities and with four kids and then trying to do multiple bedtimes and stuff like that. But somebody who's working till eight doesn't have an evening activity that they are then going to have to jettison if you ask them to stay overnight, right? Yes. And and so that is key. Like somebody who's working till 530, they probably have built their evenings around, you know, so having, you know, eight to 530 Monday through Friday would be the same number of hours as eight to eight Monday through Thursday, but it wouldn't work in terms of, you know, constantly having to ask and feel like you're making a bigger um, demand. Um because staying then over from 8 to 8, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., it's just, well, you know, then you just stay. It wasn't that you were going to go out and do something else um, with your evening. Uh, you know, negotiate a, a regular rate. You know, what is what is the going rate for overnight? You figure out what it is. Um, with- right. Because you don't necessarily pay by the hour when everyone's asleep. Yeah. Um, most people are willing to, you know, chunk it into one overnight type of a fee. So then figure course, out what that is. Um, Negotiable. <laughs> Obviously, the person needs somewhere to stay, like they need a bedroom. So if you are crammed in, this is not going to work. But, um, you know, they need a, a, a bedroom, ideally private bathroom, too. Um, you know, people have to ask about the au pair route. We've, we've talked about you know, au pairs on, on this podcast a lot in terms of child care options. Most of the agencies, as part of your sponsoring the visa, you are not supposed to leave the children overnight with the au pair. The uh, there's one or two agencies that people have told me about that you can't, but it then counts toward your 45 hours. So that clearly is not going to work. If you, you know, you, you have them stay overnight two nights of a week, that would be your 45 hours right there. It could if you had like an au pair and an au pair and a nanny. Some, that could in some families, honestly, like that's not a and, you know in a large family with two intense jobs, that's not that's a terrible. Not and I would also stress that um, for most families, like anytime you start going over 50 hours, you might consider going to two, as opposed to one person who's doing a lot of overtime. If, if that person is excited about getting a lot of overtime and is like, yes, I want this great. Awesome. That's one thing. If it is a person who is a little bit more unclear about that, you might want to just 
you know, guard against the burnout, um, cap it closer to 50 and go ahead and hire a second, you know, part-time person, or, or if you needed full-time, I guess, you know, if you needed weekend hours too, they could, um, make that happen. Um, do, do full-time, you know, people, which obviously we, we get, you know, comments on it. I, you've seen comments on my blog all the time about this of like, Oh, you know, most people can't hire, which is true, which is totally true. But if we're talking, you know, to people who are in these sorts of jobs, which are, you know, regular travel jobs, they tend to be compensated more because of the nature of the job. And so this may just be an expense that you have um, as as part of having, say, a bigger family and two jobs um, like this. Okay. Myth number four, shared calendars and planning meetings are so unromantic. Yeah, we don't have a shared calendar. Um, We just, but we do our planning meetings. Um, We try to relatively regularly to make sure that um, our, uh, stuff is on each other's calendar. So my, my husband doesn't know everything ahead of time, but he has been much better about making sure that by the weekend, at least we know what his schedule looks like for the upcoming week. My stuff tends to be more planned in advance. So this is one thing. I mean, if it's too completely unpredictable that, you know, schedules that that's going to require a few different layers of, um, backup. you'd have to have a lot of built-in, built-in flexibility, flexibility on your caregiving. However, if for my case, you know, people have hired their conference speaker like at least two months ahead of time. So I tend to know my dates. And so we have them on my calendar. We have them on Nanny's calendar, my husband's calendar. And and so we know um, what's what's coming up. And so she's generally flagged those as like, those could be overnights. And then, you know, double check going into the week, you know, once we're clear on my husband's schedule, like, are they or are they not? Um, and And so you know, you, you want to have these, you also need to, there are certain events that like, you probably want to have a parent there for um, at least one, you know, maybe sometimes two. Uh, but if you're both traveling, you've got to figure out, you know, is it possible for one of you to be home then and not? And so we've, so when, um, for instance, my, uh, we've been trading off with my 11 year olds, like theater camp productions. So he's had one every other Thursday. Um, so I went to one and then we arranged all the schedules so that my husband was at the other one because I was out of town. But, you know, you want to know that. My pet peeve is when those things don't give you enough notice. I will. That's a complaint to the world because it's such a slap in the face to people who work. Like I'm constantly getting, oh, like Cameron has a show next Thursday. I'm like, well, should have told me the beginning of camp. Like I, so anyway, if you can encourage your schools or whatever, if anybody's listening that does this kind of thing, please tell us all in advance because we want to be there, but yeah. can't always make it happen. We well, can't always make it happen. I think you also need to dial down, like, you know, you don't have to be at everything anyway. Um, there, True. especially True. if, I mean, these, we've been trying to be, but we also had this discussion with the 11 year old. It's possible that this next one, neither of us might be available for, um, we're like, we have been to three of these already. So, you know, and you have someone video it and video, you can all watch, watch it together, together later. Uh, and, and yeah, so this is, th- there's this whole story in, you know, the literature on women working life. Of, oh, oh, I yes. missed X because I was working and therefore life is crazy and terrible and horrible. And the honest truth is people miss stuff anyways. I mean, people miss a sporting event because another kid has an event at the same time. I mean, you can miss a kid's production because your grandmother is suddenly rushed to the hospital. I did. I missed yeah. Annabelle's first school thing because I was having Genevieve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For I mean, real. Honestly, sorry. Honestly, everyone would consider that acceptable that you missed. <laughs> there <laughs> like you go. Giving birth in the back of the auditorium, as, you know, because you're trying to be the perfect mom. Uh, but, you know, yeah, there's reasons people miss stuff. 
And sometimes it has nothing to do with work and sometimes it does, but you know, the outcome is still the same that you're not there. And, and so it's important to recognize that, you know, you'll be at some things, you won't be at everything. Um, there are, you know, stay at home parents who are also not at everything. So, um, you know, I think that's an impossible standard. That could have been myth number six, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, the shared, I mean, the getting on the same page, whether it's an email, a weekly discussion, all, we also use Google Calendar as well. It's something we've started doing since this podcast, I think, was born. And uh, yeah, really like looking at those logistics in a purposeful manner might not be romantic, but it certainly helps keep our relationship healthy, and it can be romantic. which leads to more romance yeah, later and, on. And if you use those planning meetings to do stuff, like get fun stuff on the calendar too. say that, oh, I, you know, Brad Paisley has a concert coming up. Let's get tickets to it. And, oh, let's make sure we have a sitter for that night. And then you have a date night on the calendar. Absolutely. Yeah, as, and, and so then it's not just about like who who's going to be here for the theater camp production on Thursday night, um, which, yes, can occasionally get a bit um, not always the funnest conversation. Most fun. Okay. Well, speaking of yes. fun, myth number, number five, five, being on the road has to be miserable. So obviously it can be. <laughs> Not all travel is is awesome. I, uh, you did experience a tornado yes, recently. Yes, I did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I was speaking in Springfield, Missouri um, and having a lovely time. And the, the host did a great job. I also, um, the conference was, was beautiful. Um, Biz 417 magazine there in Springfield, Missouri had a women's conference called Ladies Who Launch. Um, 300 sold out, you know, crowd, well-dressed ladies all enjoying themselves, having a grand old time. Great. Afterwards, you know, we were supposed to have a reception outside. I was signing books and I noticed they'd packed up my books. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, there were storm clouds gathering, but, you know, it was holding off. So we went outside and I was signing books and people having, you know, their rosé, good old time. Uh, and I went off to, then I had a dinner plans with two people who read my blog. It was great. You know, they'd reached out and like, did I want to uh, meet up with them? Said, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so I, w- I was in one of their cars and all of a sudden, like the gust of wind across the road, just like almost blew us off the road, like debris flying everywhere. And she heard something. She rolled down the wind. She's like, oh, that's the tornado siren. So, you know, they take this very seriously in, in Missouri, as they should. Uh, I read plenty of news articles of, like, horrible tornadoes in that area. And so we made our way to a McDonald's. Um, staff had us, you know, blockaded in the bathroom for a while. Um, and, you know, it was a, we, we were fine. We were safe. Um, came out of so that was that was a less fun less adventure. Fun adventure. But you have a lot of super – you have a lot of really lovely adventures. I do. And, and that's, you know – it. So travel can be fun. And and some of work travel is, you know, you're in a Hilton Garden Inn somewhere in the middle of Ohio where there's nothing around you for 20 miles except that corporate office park that you just visited. Yeah. The- but you, but then you can hide in your hotel room with a glass of wine and read a book. That sounds amazing. And nobody is bothering you, which because there's nobody around for 20 miles. And so, yeah, that, that can be that can be awesome, too. Yeah. And or late flights, you know, they're stuck in an airport for four hours. Also not that awesome. is hard. Awesome, but you can also do great things too. I mean, I, I always try to go run somewhere if I'm, you know, and especially if you're in really cool cities like Vancouver, or San Francisco, you go run along the water and see, you know, the great scenery that people are there as tourists to see, and you're there. Somebody's paying you to be there, which is really awesome. And uh, you know, meeting up with people you know, I, I certainly you know love to get together with people when I'm visiting different cities. Um, you know, people from college or from, you know, past jobs or blog readers, book readers, you know, I've met up with people in all sorts of places and that's, that can be fun to do as well. Um, I mean, you know, even if 
like depending on your schedule, sometimes when you're in on the road, you're just going to work, work, work. So you get it all done. So you have a reasonable life when you're home and that's great. Um, but sometimes there's maybe a gap between say your last meeting and dinner. And that could be time that you might walk around the city or if there's a art museum that's open till six, maybe you could stop in for an hour and see it. You know, it can be fun to do these things. And I, I'd say that, you know, work travel can actually be a time to get a little bit of me time in like a workout, um, you know, chat with friends on the phone, you know, watch your shows, whatever it is you want to do. Because especially if you are trading off, for instance, with your partner, like you travel while they're home and then they travel while you're home, like the person who's been home with the kids is going to want to hand them over to you. Like they are not going to be very excited about like you then going doing something else the next night. Uh, yeah. Or like wanting to take a marathon nap, even though you, you might, might want, want You that. need to plan your energy but... for that because probably they're not going to be very understanding about the nap. Um, especially if they've been up with your because kid. you because you have had a break from caregiving. Yeah, exactly. You know, caregiving is physically and mentally hard. And when you're, you know, across the coast, there is a little bit of a weight lifted there. You're like someone else is in charge, and I'm only in charge of myself. And so, um, I do think that like fixating on that rather than maybe slightly uncomfortable conditions once in a while, and the fact that yes, your flight's delayed, but like you don't have a baby that's oh, yeah. like crying. I mean. Sounds nice. I mean, I know I recognize there are challenges too, especially if you can't sleep or you can't get comfortable or whatever, but, um, but if you can sleep in your hotel, like do yourself a favor, go to bed early, catch up on your sleep while you're in the hotel. Like, especially if you know, like my first meetings at nine, I can wake up at seven 30 and be great. Like go to bed at 10 30. So you get nine hours of sleep and uninterrupted. Uh. Like people aren't going to bug you. That is awesome. Like catch up on your sleep if you can um, read your books. So you don't feel like if you need to do that as soon as you get home when your partner or, you know, if you're also trying to let a, a caregiver who has been working over time, you may want to let them go a little early, right? When you come home um, to, to sort of, you know, keep that goodwill up. Um, but you need to be ready and manage your energy to dive right back in. Um, so, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind. Awesome. Well, those that has been our most uh, listicle type episode um, ever. We're going to still get into our other segments, of course, but um, we don't think it's complicated and crazy. We know you're going to see your kids. You should get layers upon layers of childcare if you can. Sharing calendars and planning is essential, and being on the road does not have to be miserable. And and Doesn't don't yeah, your kids are resilient. They're going to be fine. Um, and so don't talk yourself into some horrible guilt trip about it. So yeah. Can refer to the Mom Guild episode for more on that one. <laughs> All right, to our Q and A. Yes, here I'll read it because I'm going to mostly let you answer it. Her name is X. We're going to keep her private. Um, and she's a follower of us for two years and she's read all of Laura's books. Yay. And her question is, she's a busy wife, mom, and business owner. She owns two construction companies with 25 employees and her husband also works full time and they have two elementary age kids. She's decided she'd like to revamp her work schedule. So she goes in early at 630 and leaves by 230 so she can be home with her kids after school. Up until then, she worked seven, eight, seven, eight to five to six with an after-school nanny to help with the kids, but she tracked her time, which I think is really cool, and became more efficient so she knows she can get her work done in eight hours per day. She occasionally says she pulls the swing shift after at night, working a couple hours after the kid goes to bed, but that's occasional. She'd like to be home with her kids after school. She says, I want to hang out with them, help with homework, make dinner, etc., instead of getting home at the witching hour when everyone is tired, hungry, and ready for bed. But her issue is getting everyone at work on board with the new schedule. Her two business partners are both men and neither have families. They both put on very long hours. And she does note that a lot of that is idle time, chit-chatting, going to lunch, etc. She also has a staff of 
direct reports that are required to work until at least 4 to 5 p.m. So how to get everyone on board with the new schedule? How does she sell it to them? And what can she say to justify the decision about feeling guilty? And before I let Laura address this, I just wanted to highlight that it's I love that she, you know, meticulously looked at what she wants and what she'd like her week to look like. So I don't know if she did sort of an ideal week exercise or not. Um, tracked your time and then came up with this decision. Like I think she's done I'm, – I'm just very impressed with this question. And um, Laura has some great tips for her to try to to make this work. Yeah. So we um, – I mean the first thought is, you know, she is somewhat assuming that her male business partners are going to find this weird and strange and I think we don't know that without them saying that, right? Like we don't want to like automatically read into the situation that because they are men who don't have kids, they will therefore not understand or not think that she is pulling her weight or something. I mean, for all we know, either they don't care or they might be welcoming of this because like, oh, well, we've wanted to discuss schedules too. I mean, maybe one of them wants to like train for a triathlon and, you know, do that in the morning and come in at 10 o'clock and work till 8 8 night or something. I mean, you don't know for sure without them saying it that they're going to be upset about it, right? So don't assume on, on that. I, I also suggested that she'd be very public about her personal business goals um, for the next three months to in six months and a year and share those goals with, with her partners and the people who report to her um, because that way she can document that she is meeting them, that she can document that she is exceeding them. And, and I think that will be helpful to her as well to say that, like, you know, even with this new schedule, I've still brought in, you know, X new amount of business, which is what I said I would. Um, or maybe I've even brought in 2X this amount of business, which is awesome. And, and you know, if people see that and know what you were aiming for, like the schedule becomes a lot less important uh, when, when that is happening. I, I think she, you know, she talked about like the the lunches, the happy hours and all that. And it's easy to say that that's like being idle and like wasting time and all that. And I don't think that's true. And I, I see this when I talk to people who are in management, uh, those chit chats are often where the real work of your business happens. If you're managing people, if you are, you know, thinking about their career trajectories, trying to keep them happy, trying to keep them learning and growing. And, and that's when you find out when there are problems, uh, you kind of have to do some of that. Um, so, you know, I suggested that she might try doing, you know, work later one night to into those relaxed hours after there were people are around and willing to sort of, you know, stop by and have the casual chat or go to a happy hour, maybe once every week or two, just so people see her doing it. Um, so you know that it's still there. Uh, she can also, you know, maybe choose a night to be on email after the kids go to bed. So again, people see that she's still doing the work. She's not completely checked out after 2.30, which I mean, on some level, why, why shouldn't she be checked out? But, you know, in this kind of business, it also helps for people to see that you are still there, um, even if you're totally not there the rest of the time. Um, but the, those happy hours and lunches do have a, a purpose. I, I think she also, um, you know, one thing that she did mention, like the people who are her direct reports are required to be there until four or five. And I said, well, why is that? I mean, because I do think it is harder to sell your flexible schedule, you know, even if you own the place, which is true. I mean, so on some level, she can do whatever she wants. But if you're trying to keep the people who work for you happy, which is actually something that people who are good managers are really, really concerned about, uh, would it be possible to introduce some flexibility for them as well? Um, and maybe, you know, there are reasons like, you know, somebody has to answer the phone until five o'clock, right? That 
you know, but could it be some flexibility of you shift around who that is? Or um, maybe if there's other kinds of work that isn't so much like that, maybe those people could have a little bit more flexibility in their time too. And, and there may be reasons it won't work, but if there is some option. And they may or may not, they may not want, want it, it, you know, but, 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 but just the offer is kind of, yeah, I could see how that would build a lot of But they, she actually wrote her. back. Did you see this, Sarah? Yes, I did. We had um, sent her this note um, with with some of our thoughts, and she wrote back, and you know, with her thoughts and what we said, she said uh, that yes, we were correct that we were saying she was just assuming that her business partners would find her schedule change weird or unprofessional, but this isn't giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I will be interested to see if their schedules become more fluid as a result. Um, She loved the advice about being public about her business goals, um, so that there would be accountability for that. And then she decided that actually, you know, it wasn't that she needed to leave at 2.30 every day, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So she was actually going to do a slightly different schedule. She decided that she wanted to stay until 5.30, you know, like one or two days a week officially so that she is available to help shoulder the load that comes in during the late afternoons. But having those three days where she's home earlier would would still be good. So, you know, thinking this 168 hours, not 24 um, in terms of this, you know, shifted schedule. And she's also asked her team if anyone else is interested in a rotating schedule that would allow them to leave early a day or two each week. Um, She says she hasn't actually received much feedback on it yet. So it's as you're saying, Sarah, maybe other people are actually totally cool. Probably no one else else wants to come in at 630. (laughs) So they're like, "Um, no, I'm fine with my nine to five. Thank you. (laughs) That's that's good. Um, But yeah, so that that was great. We we love when we get to see the actual answer um, to Yes. And keep your questions coming, please. We definitely, you know, it sometimes there's a delay, but we've addressed a lot of them that we've gotten. And it's always so fun to hear from people in all different stages of their lives, from kids to post kids and in school or, you know, thinking about a career change. Um, we love to hear from you guys. All right. So love of the week. Sarah, what's yours? <laughs> Mine is a little meta um, podcasts. I have to give a shout out. I may have done that before, but you know what? I was on, as I mentioned, I was on call, which meant for me a lot of driving because um, I work like 30, 40 minutes away, depending on the day. And, you know, usually that's four days a week for me, but this has been the past seven. So, you know, normally I don't read, I don't listen to every podcast in my queue, but I did <laughs> this past week. And I was just so grateful because it really does help that commute feel a lot more positive and fun for me. And I find that when I'm stressed, I have these sort of lighter podcasts that I go to, like the sort of more mom focused ones. I was listening to the home hour and then there's this fairly new, but very popular new one called forever 35 that I'm loving that is about, makeup and self-care, but a lot more. Um, And then I was also listening to old favorites like Freakonomics and it just made me so happy. And I will say the app I use is called PodCruncher and I find it works a lot better than the podcast app that comes with the iPhone. And it's like $3, but it was a good purchase. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, my my, um, love of the week was slightly more expensive than the $3, but I just ordered a bunch of um, new personalized stationery from uh, Crane it's um, it says my name. I, I ordered it you know, with my name on it um, and with fancy envelopes. Um, so Ooh. I bought a lot of it because the price goes down. Obviously, if they're once they're printing, you know, your name on a piece of stationery, it, it doesn't really cost them that much more to print another one. Um, so the more you order, the the price per you know copy goes down a lot. And are those for like thank yes. you notes for yeah, yeah so, for the you book know, when, I, when I was mailing out copies of off the clock to various influencers um, before the book came out, I enclosed a note on my nice stationery, uh, and I run out of my nice stationery because I mailed off enough of these that uh, it was time to get more. So 
uh, I bought a bunch of this new fancy Laura Vanderkam stationery. And so, Ooh. but I'll have that for the next run around with uh, Juliet School of Possibilities in March. Oh yeah. You were thinking ahead. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been best of both worlds. Uh, this has been episode 52. We have been mostly talking the logistics of couples where both parties travel, but you know, talking about call as well. And then talking about uh, in our Q and a, this has all been about people with sort of intense job schedules of our, our lady who, who owns the construction company and, and wants to have a shifted schedule, but you know, there's talking about how to sell that to her business partners and to her employees. Uh, So anyway, please tune in next week for more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.